As we close in on football season, we'll preview every Big Ten team. We'll start today at the bottom of the barrel. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Listening into Locked On Big Ten, I'm Nate Dickinson. Joining us on the show, Jacob Rood, host of Locked On Hoosiers, to help us get our Indiana football preview as we get ready for the Big Ten football season here in 2022. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single day of the week. If you want to stay up to date on Hoosiers stuff, go follow Locked On Hoosiers. Listen, watch every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Jacob, thank you, as always, for joining us here on the show. IU football, we don't get a ton of opportunities to really make them the main focus here on this show, except for maybe a couple of years ago. But this team going into this season has a whole lot to try and fix. Well, let's start with the end of last season. What went so wrong from 2020 to 21? Yeah, it. <laughs> I think we're still trying to uh, to figure that one out. It was... Uh, a combination of things, um, injuries uh, really piled up, and I think that ultimately played the biggest factor, but um, there were a number of other issues. After the season, Tom Allen spoke about how um, the mentality didn't really shift from being basically Indiana had always been this underdog, and now you're dealing with kind of these expectations for the first time. And it, it got to the heads of people. And, and so and, uh, he said he didn't think the players worked as hard. Uh, and so uh, it led to that first week of the season. I'm sure most people remember IU just kind of getting blown out by Iowa. And at Media Day a couple of weeks ago, Tom Allen said that really just kind of changed the trajectory of the season with just how deflating of a loss that that was and how – just the way they lost, uh, the fact, not just the fact they lost, but just getting kind of rain out of the building basically. And, uh, so that kind of snowballed and then injuries to, to Michael Penix, to, to Jack Tuttle, the, the, the starting two quarterbacks, um, and then really just across the line, basically everywhere, uh, on the offense. And, um, it really added up and they, it, it, got to a point in the season where the last handful of games IU was starting a walk-on quarterback that probably went into fall camp as about the fifth or sixth string quarterback. So uh, it was about as disastrous of a season as, uh, as you could have uh, possibly imagined. It was the worst case scenario in a number of ways. So uh, it completely kind of reset expectations for this program after last year. It has to be surprising to hear from a coach that, just weren't trying as hard yeah it was I mean he's Tom Allen was very honest about it he said after the season the day after the season um there were a number of players that came uh to talk to him Jack Tuttle one of them uh Taiwan Mullen one of them they were they texted him after the the final game of the season saying we want to talk and figure out how not to have this happen again and among the things they talked about was that they felt that there were players who 
didn't commit themselves as much. And it was a very, he said it was a very open and honest conversation and they wanted to figure out what happened and, and be very honest about it so that they can avoid having this happen again. So yeah, he said that he obviously wouldn't name names or anything, but he said that he felt that, um, effectively that 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 guys kind of let the success get to them a little bit and didn't kind of come with that same mentality that helped them have the 2020 season that they did the COVID year that they did and uh and it kind of led to some of those things that happened last season as well so Tom Allen it was very kind of open and honest about that and um it's been a something that the team has very much uh touched on and try to do things to avoid having a situation like that uh, happen again with having the players lead more um, and having guys take control of the locker room and, and not having it all come from the coaches. So it was an adjustment, but I, in it, it's, it is a little like surprising to hear that, but it's also um, nice to know that, they're addressing that and trying to have those things not happen again because IU came in with so much excitement and um, expectations last season and to have it kind of blow up the way it did was was disappointing and frustrating and and all of that so you're coming into this season with a team that is, we get to the season, of course, there's a barrier to what we can know before teams actually get on the field. So when you have a squad like IU with new coordinators, new quarterback, new all sorts of everything coming in, what's the area where you're looking like, all right, week one, I want to watch this. I want to see how this is looking right off the bat. Uh, you could pick just about anywhere on the offense. <laughs> um, the offensive line returns everybody. Outside of that, there is earnestly about two players that return. Jack Tuttle is battling for the quarterback position. So that would probably be my answer. Just seeing who's starting at quarterback, either Jack Tuttle or Connor Bazelak, who transferred in from Missouri. He won. Um, he was the co sec freshman of the year uh, during the COVID year, I believe, and uh, kind of fell out of favor toward the end of last season at Missouri transferred to IU so it's him and Jack Tuttle battling for the the quarterback position and I mean anytime there's a quarterback battle that's going to kind of draw all the attention and then uh, wide receiver is probably the other one because um, DJ Matthews returns he had an injury last season he was one of the few bright spots for Indiana very early in the year uh, but outside of that there there is no certainties about this wide receiver position um, the first depth chart that was released at the start of fall camp, there were three wide receiver positions and only one starter was kind of known. Um, you have DJ Matthews coming back from injury. You have Donovan McCauley, who uh, people might remember was playing quarterback uh, at the end of last season as a true freshman, made a, the switch to wide receiver, a move that he wanted to make. And he's kind of battling for uh, a starting wide receiver position. So, um, I would say those two positions quarterback is always going to be interesting with a QB battle, but wide receiver is just a wide open race right now. Who is winning that quarterback battle? Because I remember we talked to uh, coaches quotes. I think it was with you last week, but it, whatever it was, I remember one coach saying that base lacks the real deal. And I'm just like, 
mm-hmm. haven't seen him yet. <laughs> you know, you don't know yeah. what he's going to do. But who's winning that battle right now? You think? Honestly, zero clue. Uh, even <laughs> by um, kind of. I, well, I only did... brought up the coach's quote because I, I, that was the only clue I think mm-hmm. I had had it all as to who might be the better back. Yeah, and uh, even by like. Uh... I mean, college coaches are always kind of paranoid and don't want to give anything out. But IU has been even more so. I think I've mentioned before, they didn't have a spring game. They haven't really had a ton of uh, like practice footage put out there. They're trying to keep things super, super close to the vest. Uh, Tom Allen has said it's because they're playing Illinois week one and he doesn't want to give them anything. So the result has been we don't really know right now. Tom Allen uh, gave some quotes on Tuesday, uh, which was really kind of his first insight in it uh, into the the QB battle at all. Uh, he talked about Jack Tuttle, kind of the intangibles he brings, uh, the leadership, uh, the familiarity, as much as you can be familiar with an offense that entirely changed over and a new coordinator, but. Uh, there was he's just kind of this senior presence and this leader but then he talked about Bazelak and everything he credited him with was actual like on-field skills he talked about his quick release and his his ability to throw catchable balls and um, how impressive he had been there so to me that seems like Connor Bazelak has a little bit of an edge right now uh, I could be reading too much into it but um like I said, Bazak transferred here from Missouri, so I assume he thought he had a really good shot at winning the the starting quarterback battle. Um, right now, I would say he kind of has a slight edge, but I, there isn't a ton at all to really debase that on, and we're not going to know until probably they suit up to play Illinois on week one. That's where I'm at, too. I think he's someone who, if you're just looking at it on paper, is the choice, but as you've mm-hmm. said, there has been nothing really that has come on out as to what it could be. And I don't imagine we'll find anything anytime soon. All right, we're going a little bit long here. So we're going to keep talking Indiana with Jacob. May have to get to some PFF All-Pro teams at the end of the show, very end, or maybe even push things to tomorrow. But that's okay, because we want to get in and get a deep dive on all these teams. So we'll continue the talk with Jacob here on Locked On Big Ten. But first... Bet online is the place to go for any of your sports gambling needs, whether you want information on what the latest moves and lines are, or just want to learn a little bit more about how to get into things with sports betting. You can head on over to betonline.net, a one-stop shop for all of that stuff that you could ask for. Articles every day about anything that you could possibly want to know to make sure you have all the smarts before you put your money on it. It's bet online where the game starts. Let's continue on here, Jacob. Are you, Again, zero wins in the Big Ten last season. You mentioned holes are huge. What's the biggest hole right now, you think, that needs to be filled? Uh, I mean, if we're talking a single individual hole, it would actually probably be on the defensive end with Micah McFadden, um, who was the heart and soul of, of everything about IU the last couple of seasons, including that COVID year, um, year before that as well, when they – uh, went to a bowl game. He he really kind of embodied everything about this IU team, IU's defense. He was a, a incredibly talented player. Um, he ends up going to the NFL and drafted by the the Giants. I think the fifth round. So uh, he's a huge hole to replace. IU has 
uh, a senior coming up that uh, could potentially fill that hole in Aaron Casey, a transfer from Miami uh, that started at linebacker for them, Bradley Jennings Jr., and then a um, a freshman who's the highest-rated recruit uh, in the program's history, Dylan McCall, or, uh, Deshaun McCall, excuse me, uh, that could see some minutes there too. It's going to be a, an, a, a group of guys, a committee of guys that are going to have to replace him. But if there's one single kind of individual hole, it would honestly probably be the linebacker position. It makes sense. He was a huge part of making that defense run. But again, it was still a struggle for Indiana to get anything done on either side of the football last in both offense and defense last year in the conference. So the only way to go is up Jacob, but what do you consider a success this season? Because where I'm sitting, I don't even know if you can ask for that many more wins out of two. Uh, Yeah. It, th- this is an interesting question that I've kind of considered a number of times because I'm not sure what I would consider success, which is, just a wild change from where we were last year, where we were, uh, IU fans were discussing is a bowl game considered successful when they had expectations as high as they did uh, to now we're at a point where it's hard to put a number on what would be a successful season. Um, Improvement would be the biggest thing, which like you said, it'd be hard not to improve off last season, just how, I mean, genuinely bad. They looked for most of the season. The offense struggled mightily. The offensive line struggled mightily, which I didn't think the defense was that bad that uh, last season, but they were on the field so much and having to go uh, play so many downs that they just got wore down over the course of games and then over the course of the season as a whole. But um, just taking steps forward, I mean, certainly bowl games, a bowl game would be – enormous but I I don't even think I don't even know if that's a realistic goal right now I I would say just kind of taking those steps forward again and and kind of finding what um what got them to where they were there were so many expectations last season kind of trying to rebuild that I mean putting a number on it maybe three four wins total the season is all we're really looking for but um it, it's it's hard to put any number. I mean, IU didn't win a game against a Power 5 team last year. Their wins were against Idaho, that's an FCS team, and Western Kentucky. So uh, just winning one of those, I think, would be uh, a step forward. It, it, it's hard to... It's hard to kind of quantify what would what the goals are this year other than just general improvement and proving that last season was kind of a fluke and that... Uh, IU still kind of has a path forward going an upwards trajectory in general. Jacob Rood here with us on Locked On Big Ten as we start to break down all the Big Ten football teams this season. IU the first one, and it could be near the bottom of the conference again for the Hoosiers. But again, improvement, as Jacob mentioned, the biggest thing to worry about when you're talking about what that team is. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on Conference-wide with PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus had a list of top position players in the nation that we went through for a couple of episodes last week. Now they're going in and doing actual individual all-conference teams. A lot of the names that we talked about before are, of course, on those lists, but we'll wrap things up by breaking that down here on Locked On Big Tech. 
Back in on Locked On Big Ten alongside Jacob Rude, Nate Dickinson with you. We're going to end things with a look at PFF's all Big Ten teams. Three full teams, offense and defense, and honorable mentions after Jacob. We've mentioned before on the show where I have these teams, when they're posted by these kind of publications, are stuffed a little full. They put in as many players as they can so they can get people talking about it and things like that. But nevertheless, always important to look at this stuff, especially when it's pro football focus doing it. Because I don't know about you, but I just value what they value a little bit more than for some mm-hmm. reason, the other analytical people that I re- read and see and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Pro football focus is uh, one of the few places that I kind of go to for information on this because uh, I mean, last season after each each game, we looked at their kind of pro football focus grades because um, it it felt like they had a better grasp on things than I think a lot of other places do. And uh, just kind of their deep dives into games, uh, I think, leads to more kind of informed analysis on, on when especially even looking at at things like these. I know it's kind of silly to with all these preseason teams, but. Uh, pro football focus would be one of them that I would kind of value over a lot of others, really. It just makes sense when you figure out how they're working things and how they do it, looking at each individual player on each individual play. It's just something that when you hear it, it's like, oh, that that is something that should be good. It should work. Uh, that's enough. They're not paying us or anything, so we can move <laughs> on. Uh, go to betonline.net if you need to for all your sports gambling needs, by the way. Let's get into this list. Uh, biggest surprise for me, at least off the top, was at the second team quarterback spot. Talia Tungabaloa takes that spot, according to PFF, over Aiden O'Connell. This was the same when they ranked quarterbacks nationally, too. But it's still, to me, a big, big surprise. For PFF, I guess it kind of makes sense. He's shown flashes, and on the field, the only thing I think he's really been missing or extremely lacking is just some solid decision-making, consistent decision-making out there. But when you're looking at the arm, it's all there. He's a good passer. He has been in Maryland system, obviously, for a while now. So when you look at what they're looking at over at PFF, I think it makes sense that they would be like, hey, Tonga Bailoa has a higher ceiling than Aiden O'Connell. And I might agree with that, too. But when I'm talking about just who I'm picking off the field for first, second, third best quarterbacks I want on my team this season, I think Aiden O'Connell's filling in that number two slot for me. Throughout the offseason, he's kind of as I've, done more and learned more and tried to figure things out solidified himself as my number two guy going into the season yeah I think with uh Tua that there or his brothers to uh Talia he uh there's just a higher variance I think with him uh he has a higher ceiling but I also think he probably has a lower floor than Aiden McConnell and so it kind of depends on where you fall on kind of that uh I guess that spectrum with him, if you believe that the high ceiling is kind of where he's going to be this season, or uh, if you worry and maybe a little bit more about that low floor, uh, I've kind of went back and forth. If I'm being honest, probably earlier in the, the off season, I, I was uh, probably more with Aiden O'Connell being second team. Um, but kind of the more I've looked into it, the more I've thought about it, maybe I'm just a, a riskier guy or, or or whatnot kind of going for this but uh i i i like him being second team um it like you said i i could understand why uh pro football focus did do that especially coming off the season he did have 
Um, it was, I mean, even especially statistically, a really good season. Uh, and so he has the momentum there. Um, there's just kind of a, a, a another step he has to take of maybe just consistency doing it back-to-back seasons and really putting this all together uh, for one more season. I mean, we've mentioned this before. My kind of general takeaway, and I think the quarterback position probably shows this most, is just the huge drop-off from C.J. Stroud to whoever the second-team guy is, whichever one of those guys is is so stark. And, and I, kind of to that point, I kind of laugh because they're – fourth team or honorable mention uh, quarterback is Cade McNamara, who may not even be the starter at Michigan when, when everything uh, uh, begins on week one. But I mean, I think that kind of shows just how shallow, I guess the the quarterback position is in the big 10 this season. I just think between O'Connell and Talia Tunga Bailoa, it's a more polished quarterback on a more established team and football program right now. If you're looking Mm -hmm. at the Boilermakers. So with those two pieces combined, I'm just thinking, okay, there's too much that can still go wrong for Talia Tungabeloa. Excited for what can go right, but I'm still seeing a lot of what I have seen from him. And and that's something that at least for me as a football fan needs to be proven on the field. This reports of, I think someone, Dave Revzine of the Big Ten Network tweeted out a day or two ago that how much the decision-making has improved on Talia Tungabeloa. And I'm just like, all right, well, in training camp, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say, in <laughs> practice, it's it's hard to really gauge that one. <laughs> Anywho, moving on. Uh, another thing that stuck out to me, on the offensive line, Ohio State, I believe as it did in the national list, has four offensive linemen across this all-Big Ten team. I think there's at least two of them first team. You get another one in second, another one in third, or, four, or whatever honorable, honorable mentions. But the point is that we talked about the big drop-off in quarterback between C.J. Stroud and everybody else. I think that's like the most obvious reason why everyone's going into this season being like, dang, Ohio State's really, really good and really, really going to be tough to beat this year. But at the same time, what they have in the trenches there is so good. And I mean, it's other teams are going to have good offensive and, and defensive lines to try and counter what Ohio state has there. But I think it's just, I mean, when I'm looking at like, okay, how great is Ohio state? That's the part of it that I'm looking at. The fact that they've got linemen who are not only established and have been there, which is better than what a lot of big 10 teams can say after last season, but they have guys who are excelling and playing at at least what some people think is an all conference level Four different guys playing all conference offensive line play, it spells trouble for everybody. Yeah. And it's those kinds of things that me real to me just really separate Ohio state from everyone else, because when you have an offensive line as strong as that, the floor for the team is really, really high. Like you're going to be able to do a lot of things. If you're going to win the battle in the trenches, every game, Uh, which when you put four guys on the all big 10 preseason team, you should be winning the battle in the trenches in pretty much every game. So um, it really just raises the floor of, a, of any team to have a strong offensive line play. And then, I mean, just adding CJ Stroud behind that, uh, Travion Henderson, also first team behind that, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, 
I mean, it adding that much talent to probably the best offensive line in the Big Ten. Um, I know we wax poetically about them all the time, but I I really think there's just a pretty big gap between Ohio State and everyone else, and it's stuff like the offensive line where that's probably uh, what separates them as much as anything, even for as good as C.J. Stroud is. He's he's incredible, but um, he can be as good as he wants, and if the offensive line isn't good, then he's going to be running for his life there. And But that's not the case, Ohio State – just across the board as talented as anyone in the conference and in seemingly every position group and the offensive line is no different. They're going to have probably the best offensive line in just about every conference game this season. Ohio state has six players on the first team alone. That's tied with Michigan, actually Wolverines keeping up in that regard. But again, it's the depth that Ohio state yeah. all around that everyone's really scared of. Uh, Jacob, any thoughts on anything else that we may have missed before we let you go? I, again, we mentioned before we went on, this is a list of names, a lot of which we've already kind of talked about from PFF specifically. So I didn't want to dive too deep in here, but it's still fun to, of course, talk about all the 10 stuff, preseason polls, all that. Well, I have to give a shout out to the one IU guy on this uh, <laughs> pro football focus team. Taiwan Mullen is the, the flex D position on the first team. Uh, I mean, one thing about IU, uh, their their biggest strength this year is going to be that secondary. Taiwan Mullen's going to anchor that as, uh, assuming he's healthy this season, he wasn't last year, is he's going to be one of the best cornerbacks in the Big Ten this season. That secondary is going to be the strong point for Indiana. They had uh, a couple guys from that secondary, an honorable mention as well, so uh, that's one of the areas I'm most excited to watch IU this season. And I'm really excited to see Taiwan Mullen because when he was healthy in that COVID year, he was going toe to toe with uh, every wide receiver in the conference. And um, so I'm excited to see that again. Hopefully, you know a little bit more about Indiana football going into the season than you did before you started the show. If you're not a Hoosiers fan, you can keep up with everything Indiana is doing. If you are a Hoosiers fan, by heading over to Locked On Hoosiers, where Jacob's hosting every single day. Coming up tomorrow, we'll continue on with the previews with Kane Robb of Locked On Golden Gophers to get our Minnesota look in. And Jacob, thank you as always for joining us here on the program. We'll talk to you again next week. Looking forward to it.